we powerful. But yet we let them give us the lowest possible terms on the contract. Exposure. We got to make them give us different imagery. We got to make them have different conversations with us. If we settle for the crumbs, we're going to eat the crumbs. When you tell yourself you're tired of seeing black men get killed, when you tell yourself, I'm tired of seeing black women represented in a certain way, when you tell yourself you're tired of it, I want you to ask yourself, do you still support it after you say you're tired? Because if you do, you're not really tired. What's good? What's good? What's good, family? Welcome to another episode of Trapping Tuesday. Come on in. Have yourself a seat to all my new trappers. Welcome home. To everybody who's been rocking, hey, come have a seat at the table. Listen, man, we are... We thankful for another week, man. We thankful for another day. We thankful for another opportunity. But most and most, like, the most precious thing, man, we thankful for a breath of fresh air, man. So I'm not going to lie, man, like, before I even get into it, I want everybody to do me a huge favor, man. Like, subscribe, and share. I'm, a, I'm like tonight gonna be one of them nights, cause I got a lot of stuff on my heart that I want to talk about. I got a lot of stuff in the market that we want to talk about. My spirit is here. I did a class last night when I came back in time. Did a class with my mentees, and man, I just my spirit. Right, so I'm gonna be real with you. Today, my team might look at me like, oh, damn. Damn, trap. I feel like that's how they're going to look at me today. But I'm going to be honest, man. It's on my heart. So I'm, I'm going to start off by saying this, man. We got to renegotiate the contract. We got to renegotiate the contract. And when I say we got to renegotiate the contract, I mean the one that we have signed with America as black men and black women, as brown men and brown women. To all my Caucasian friends that's in the chat, I rock with y'all. It's all love. But right now, I just got to talk to my homies. I got to talk to the kings, and I got to talk to the queens right quick. As a culture, man, we have to put ourselves on a higher pedestal. We have to demand better from the people 
who represent us. So I'm going to say this. You cannot be in media, have a platform, and say you represent that culture and say you don't want to deal with controversy. Being black in America is controversial out the gate. Being a black man in America is controversial. Being a black woman is in, in America is controversial. So there's no way in hell you can have a platform and say you're a leader of the culture and you're going to stay away from controversy. That mean, that mean you're scared for them to take away your little platform. That mean you ain't really for the culture. Ain't no way in hell with everything that's going on right now and you got a platform and you ain't talking about it. I don't care. And I ain't really just talking about Kanye and Kyrie. I'm talking about everything that's going on right now. Man, enough is enough. Listen, man, I love hip-hop music. But we tired of murder rap. We tired of murder music. We tired of it. If you a rapper, if you an artist, fam, I need you to broaden your horizon. I need you to broaden your wordplay. If you say you an artist, bro, if you say you an artist queen, give us some art. If you an OG in the rap game, I'm going to just keep it 100, bruh. On some real shit, we tired of hearing about selling dope. Bro, the reason why I'm a Wall Street trapper is because I laid up there and said, listen, fam, I'm going to take the Pyrex, I'm going to take the triple beam, but I'm going to use it in a positive light, and I'm going to talk about stocks. Bro, we got to set an example, fam. It's called programming for a reason. All of us come under the same programming. All of us come under the same rules. We saw the NWAs. Yo, we saw all the gangster rap music. Yo, there's big business in black men and black women killing each other, talking bad about each other, and dragging each other down, dog. So when we hear that type of music and we see an artist get killed, no, like, listen, rest in peace, Offset. Rest in peace, Nip. Rest in peace, PNB Rock. Rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Bro, rest in peace, everybody we lost, bro. But check this out. We losing people in the hood every day. We losing fathers every day. We losing brothers every day. Black families getting broken up every day, not just by artists, bro. It's entertainment, it's TV, it's television. I get it, fam. You trying to push? You trying to make it out? But I want you to know something, fam. The only way to make it out ain't talking bad about killing your brother. The only way to make it out ain't talking bad about your sister. The only, it's other ways to make it out, fam. Because I ain't going to lie. And y'all can fact check me, I may be wrong, but I ain't never heard Garth Brooks talk about killing Maroon 5. I ain't never heard Matchbox 20 or Red Hot Chili Peppers being mad at Justin Timberlake or talking about they won't kill Justin Timberlake or they won't shoot Justin Bieber. I ain't never heard that, fam. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. I ain't never heard Faith Hill call Shania Twain a bitch. 
I may be wrong. Jose, go ahead and bleed that out. I may be wrong, fam. I ain't never heard Jessica Simpson tell Christina Aguilera, I'm going to kill you. Bleep that out, Jose. There's a better way for us, fam. I don't care. Y'all might don't like what I'm saying. I don't care. I don't care. But if you got a platform, and I'm talking to everybody with a platform, I'm talking about black media is important. So you may not have the Comcast and the Viacom, but bro, if you got 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, a million followers, your podcast in the top five, your audio, your show in the top five, fam, you need to be talking about how we can get better. Ain't no way in hell you're going to keep promoting murder music and then be all sad when an artist get killed. Bro, that don't even make no sense. That's what we call an oxymoron, fam. That's what we call an oxymoron. Parents, I'm going to just keep it 100. You got to watch what your children watching on YouTube. You see they're pushing the agenda to us, fam. We got to do better. We got to negotiate the goddamn contract. Ain't no way in hell, bro. I'm tired of that shit. We out here every day talking about building wealth, building wealth, building wealth, building wealth. How the hell are we going to build wealth if we keep killing each other, fam? How? I just want us to understand that, like, I'm just keeping it real. Bro, like, so let me, let me talk about this for a second. Bro, I ain't going to lie, man. I don't agree with the stuff Ye saying about George Floyd. I don't agree with the stuff Ye said about, like, white lives matter. I don't agree with that because it hit different. But check this out. The other stuff he's saying is true. So here's what I want us to do. It's so easy for us. I see so many people say, bro, I don't care if nobody don't like me when I say this. Bro, it's so easy for us to hang one of us out the drive. But I'm going to just keep it real, bro. White America done killed us, told us way worse shit than that, and we ain't canceled them yet. They done told us way worse than white lives matter. They done told us way worse than slavery was a choice. They done did us work, they done told us worse, and we ain't canceled them yet. We find reasons to defend that shit. Gucci came up with some stuff, uh, some masks and stuff that was racial and shit. Oh, I ain't wearing Gucci. I ain't wearing, but you wore Balenciaga. You wore the other brands that Gucci owned, and then two months later, you was wearing Gucci again. Why you ain't cancel them if your feelings was hurt so much? Why you ain't cancel them? Why you ain't cancel Dior if your feelings was hurt so much? I'm tired of that fake canceling. It's so easy for us to cancel us. Why is it so easy for us to cancel us? Why? Why is it so easy? Why is it so easy? I say something you don't like, you tell me I'm a scam. You tell me I'm trying to rob people. White man tell you something you don't like, you turn the other cheek. Your boss tell you something you don't like every day. 
You go to work, you go home, you got to sit in the car. You're in a group chat talking about why you hate your job. You're in a group chat talking about you ain't putting up. You're sitting in the driveway 10, 20 minutes before you go to work. Your boss piss you off every day. You ain't cancel him yet. What's the problem? What's the problem? The homie Kyrie ain't that number post a link. He ain't even saying nothing. The little homie, the homie posts a link. All the professional men in the world calling a man an idiot on national TV. He posts a link. Why you ain't saying Amazon down bad? Why you ain't saying Jeff Bezos down bad? They the people making the money. Why you ain't calling them down bad? Why you ain't calling him down bad? Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal? Why y'all ain't going against Jeff Bezos? Why y'all ain't come constantly doing that? Why y'all ain't saying Brett Favre down bad? He stole $5 million from the poorest country in the world. Fourth um, state in the country. Why we ain't consistently badgering him all day, every day? Why they don't know every sports channel? Why the Hall of Fame? Why the NFL ain't saying take him out the Hall of Fame? Why the NFL ain't saying take his records out the record book? Why we not doing that? Why we not pushing that? We still ain't found out what happened with Breonna Taylor yet. We forgot about that? Why we ain't pushing that? We ain't, we ain't canceling that? What, what we doing? George Zimmerman walked around everything. You a whole gangster. You won't kill me if I look at you wrong. The people killing unarmed dudes every day. You got AK-47s, M16s, choppers. You all on the internet doing all this, but the people come in and you act like you're a good old boy. Talk to me about that, fam. The people beat your homeboy up. You don't want to shoot none of that. You want to pull your phone out. Make it make sense to me, dog. You won't record it. But if I do something to you, you won't kill me. If I tell you something wrong, I'm gonna talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. We gotta change. We gotta do something different. And so I'm dead, I'm dead ass right, fam. If you got a platform and you saying you won't stay away from controversy, fam, I'm gonna keep it real with you. You ain't no leader, you a coward. And I said that, and I don't care. You scared they're going to take your little platform. You ain't no better than nobody else, fam. If you for the culture, be for the culture when it's time to be for the culture. And right now, it's time to be for the culture. Right now, we don't got time for nobody who don't want to show up. You worried about being like, I'm worried about letting my people understand what it is, fam. I'm on the front line. I don't care. Being black and brown in America is controversial, and you cannot shy away from that. So before we talk about stocks and before we talk about building wealth, let's talk about renegotiating a goddamn contract. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. You run around big dog. You run around with your chains. You run around taking the pictures. You're meeting all the millionaires. You're meeting the billionaires. You're shaking hands. You're in rooms you ain't never been in. That's I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to everybody. If you say you're a leader of the culture, if you say you're doing this for the people, my, my partner, my partner, my partner, I wanted to say something else. If you're doing it for us and you're rocking with us and you're standing with us, bro, 
telling people stop rapping about murder music. If you're in a culture and the people giving you murder music, man, you don't want to hear that. If you're an artist, man, tell me something different, dog. Tell me something different, dog. I've been hearing about you done told me 15 different ways how you're going to kill somebody. You done told me 18 different days how you're going to run a checkup hitting your ops up. You done told me 40 different ways about the red bottoms. You done, you done bought all the jewelry from all the jewelry men. That's cool. Now, tell me how you signed a bad contract. Tell me how you bought some real estate. Tell me how you got some stocks. Tell me how you got your friend. Tell me something different. I done heard about killing since 89. Tell me something different. Tell me something different. But we, as the people who listen to the music, we got to want something different. We got to start saying, that's what's on your tape, I don't want to hear it. Because check this out. While all our artists getting killed, the people who push the records, they just putting the next person in line. They just sliding the next pawn up. You know why? Because when you come from broke, and when you come from poverty, a check will make you alter your integrity. You'll kill that man, but you'll say, I ain't going to mess with them white folks. I don't want to mess my check up. I ain't going to mess with the people that's cutting my check, but I'm going to kill that black man and take him away from his family. I'm going to kill that black man and take him away from his wife. I'm going to kill that black man and make him take him away from his children. I'm going to kill that black man and take him away. I'm going to kill his, I'm going to get him in jail. I'm going to rat on him. I'm going to do, you're going to do everything to take that man from his family, but you ain't going to mess them people up right now because they're cutting you a check. And at the end of the day, the check they cutting you ain't really your work. You selling yourself for pennies. So all I'm saying is, bro, sister, queen, we got to renegotiate that contract. And I'm going to say it as a black man, yo, I have been a victim of the programming. For a long time, I was a victim of the programming. So I ain't telling you nothing that I wasn't a victim to. I'm tired of the goddamn slave movies. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Give me a movie that showed me about the, the insurrection of when, the, when um, the guy took over Haiti. Show me that. We can see it every time. Underground was a good show. It was showing how the slaves rebelled and how they got away. Guess what? One season, gone. Gone. It showed us the homie came up with the Nat Turner movie. As soon as he came out with the movie, guess what? Rape allegation. Gone. Movie ain't getting no play. Movie don't get no play. My guy, Jordan Peele, he had to wrap up Get Out in, in a type of a comedy so it could get through. It was a comedy slash horror thing, but it was so much truth in it. But he had to wrap it up inside of a comedy, damn near, for it to get out. Bro, we got to stop. We got to wrap the candy up in medicine for us to take it. Let me hear about Mansa Musa. Let me hear about Cleopatra and not be played by a white woman. Let me hear about Queen Hatshepsut. Let me hear about Kimmy. Let me see Jesus as a black man and something you got. Tell me about that. We had history before slavery. Tell me about how we ran Timbuktu. Tell me about Ethiopia. Tell me about um, Nubia. Tell me about that. 
Show me that. It's so much you can show me. Don't keep showing me no goddamn slave movie. We got to demand better, y'all. We got to demand better. Yep, you want to be a leader? This is the contract we want if you're the leader. This the people we want to see. This the people we want you to talk to. This the conversation we want to have if you're a leader. I don't care about the pictures you're taking no more. I don't care about who you're in a room with. I don't care where you're doing this at. I don't care about the contract you signed. I don't care about your money, my God. Give me some information. Give me some more imagery. You know why? Because we follow imagery. I don't want to be a gangster unless all I seen around me was gangsters. Show me something different. If I was raised up thinking that I could be a brilliant man, if I was raised up different, if I was raised up saying, well, if I could be an investor, I don't got to do this. What you think will happen if all the black people stop playing football? I can guarantee you we ain't about to sit around here and watch Tom Brady throw the ball to Gronkowski. I can guarantee you that. If all the black people stop playing basketball, I can guarantee you nobody not about to sit here and watch Luca play basketball. I can guarantee you it. We powerful. But yet we let them give us the lowest possible terms on the contract. Exposure. We got to make them give us different imagery. We got to make them have different conversations with us. If we settle for the crumbs, we're going to eat the crumbs. Everybody, you taking the pictures, you got the dying life. Yep, I feel, man, my heart go out to everybody in the entertainment world that died. But check this out. I'm 40 years old, fam. I done been to more funerals than weddings, fam. I'm 40 years old. I done been to more hearings in a courthouse than justice of the peace marriages or christenings, fam. And I ain't know not one rapper or nothing until I got older. So everybody who I saw dying around me was people I grew up with. That's trauma. So I got to live the trauma, and then I got to get on my headphones and hear the trauma, and I got to get on the TV and see the goddamn trauma. So you know what happens to me on the backside of that? I become a product of the trauma. Now we trauma bonding. We got to demand that the people who say they leaders, we got to demand that the people who we rocking with, we got to demand that they're doing the right thing, y'all. But we got to also, bro, we got to stop cutting our people off and canceling our people the minute they do something we don't like. Because I'm going to be real with y'all, man. Ain't none of us perfect. All of us done said something that somebody ain't like. We just wasn't famous, so it wasn't out there like that. All of us done said something where somebody could cancel us. We just wasn't famous enough. We ain't have enough exposure on us for the culture to cancel us. Bro, we got to stop canceling ourselves, canceling each other like that, bro. Cool, you don't agree with what Kanye said, bro. All right, cool. Don't cancel him out like that. Bro, we know he going through something. Man, let's talk to him. Bro, you tripping right now, fam. Man, come sit some stupid ass down. You tripping right now. You feel me? Like, we don't, know, we don't show each other no love, no compassion, but we show the oppressor all the compassion. 
We show the oppressor, we show the person who's blatantly told us they don't rock with us, who blatantly, listen, check this out, man. People was crying when Joe Biden got in the office, but you forget in 1985, 1987, he called us super predators. We forgot everybody was voting for Hillary Clinton. Let's go Hillary, let's go Hillary. She called us super predators. But when you bring it up, you know what they say? Oh, she changed. Well, where the leniency at with us? Where the leniency at with me? Where the leniency at with your brother? Where the leniency at with your sister? How Hillary get the change? How Biden get the change? Why I don't get the change? Why I can't make a mistake? Why I can't make the mistake? Why your sister and brother can't make the mistake, but the oppressor can make the mistake and give you a weak-ass apology and you good with it? We let Joe Biden say stupid stuff to us like, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Man, you should be, what the hell? How we let that ride? How we let that go? How we let him play in our face like that? If you don't, how he get to tell, how he get the audacity to tell us that? If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. What? You the person just called me a super predator a few years ago. You saw all y'all supported mass incarceration. And you knew it was targeting us. How you gonna have a war on drugs that target us? You give me the drug, then lock me up for the drug. You the one put 65 tons of cocaine in my neighborhood. Not me. I don't got a contract with Nicaragua. You do. I just want better for us, y'all. We deserve better. We are worthy of better. But we can't get better if we don't demand it. Everybody ain't gonna agree with everything I see and that's all right. But check this out. I ain't afraid to say it. But I also am not afraid for somebody to tell me, Trap, you was wrong. But come to me with love. Don't come to me trying to chastise me because you don't agree with what I said. Because you can be the most, you can come to me with so much venom, but the minute the police pull up to you, you yes sir, no sir. The minute your boss walk in the room, you yes ma'am, no ma'am. You let me hide this because I don't want my boss to see it. Can I get the same respect? Can you, can, you, can you chastise me out of love? Instead of chastising me to belittle me? I'm okay with being wrong. I'm okay with not having all the answers. I'm okay with not even being right. But I would show a level when my people come to me and talk to me out of love. I'm going to say this right quick. Timothy Davis. Say, Dave.
They got a dude named Timothy Davis in the chat. Block him and get him out the chat. I don't care, man. You don't got to be here. I ain't asking nobody to be here, fam. I love my people. I love us. We got to be better. We got to demand better. Jose, let me get some water, bro. Let's go, man. So, man, I thank y'all for letting me get that off my chest, man. You know what I'm saying? It's one of them weeks. You feel me? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. And we got to start demanding more. We got to start demanding more. All right, man. So this week, man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to a dope episode of Trapping Tools, man. Listen, man, do me a favor. Like, subscribe. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and share it with somebody, man. You know what I'm saying? Let them know, man. Trapping Tools, we back in full effect. Man, London was a vibe. Paris was a vibe. I love the representation of what we did. Shout out to my homie, Rashad. He got me in a suit, man. <laughs> He made Trap. He made Trap go get a tailor made suit. <laughs> I had to go get that thing tailor made. Look, and I'm gonna keep it real with you. In my mind, I said I'm gonna come out with the suit on, and then I'm gonna bring Ian on the stage. Once Ian come on the stage, I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna take the suit off and throw my Wall Street Traveler attire on. This is what I do. I put that goddamn suit on. I said, "Well, this thing look good." I said, "What well, this thing look good?" <laughs> this thing, whoo, this thing look real nice on me. I'm in a hotel. I'm like, ooh, rock boy in the building tonight. <laughs> so definitely, man, shout out to my brother Rashad, man. Thank you so much for inviting me to do that. Thank you so much, London, UK, for the love. Man, the love was amazing. So I just want to thank everybody for that, man. So check it, man. Y'all already know, man. So this week. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, but we're going to start off every week with the Trapper Mantra. Dave, put that thing on the screen, man. Screenshot this. Let's go, y'all. I am a certified Wall Street Trapper. I am confident in my ability to make great investments. The stock market is a machine that prints money, and I am more than capable of operating that machine. Not only will I free myself, but my family will eat for a lifetime based on the information I apply today. I'm a money maker and a wealth builder. Today, I break all the chains that anchored me to the poverty mindset. My ancestors will smile because I have turned our last name into an asset. My family's purchasing power will increase indefinitely. Today I make the declaration that no longer will I be a slave to money. Mm, mm, mm. No longer will the generations behind me inherit lack. No longer will I submit to selling my time for money. I am a first generation millionaire. I am the architect of my family's legacy. I am a certified Wall Street trapper and Wall Street looks like us now. Amen. 
Give him a round of applause for that, man. Let's clap for that, man. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. How we feeling, how we feeling? Listen, man, like, subscribe, right, tag somebody and tell them, yo, trap on it today, man. I love y'all so much, man. Thank y'all for coming each and every week, man. Let's get to the business, man. So, man, we got word on the street, man. Y'all know this segment is amazing because we just talk about what's happening in the streets, what's happening in the game, what's going on, right? So let's talk about it, man. Our word on the street, man, first and foremost, man, the dial was up, right? Caterpillar, Lockheed Martin, these companies really pushed through today, right? Then after the dial, we had the S&P was up, right? We had all, really, we just had all three all three sectors was up today, doing really good. The NASDAQ flirted around with it, right? But we saw something. One of the things I saw today was a company called Amgen, which is a pharmaceutical company. It actually sold 100 points on a dial by itself. By itself. He's a runner. He's a track star. He gonna run away when he gets home. All right, bet, 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 bet. So, man, let's have a heat check. So we saw the green today. Listen, we've had a few green days back to back. So here's what I want you to understand, too, though. Again, inflation is still a thing. And I want us to understand that these rallies happen. Right? These rallies happen. We got down to about 3484. Now we back up to 3800, which is on the S&P. Those are basis points. So we back up to that. That's okay. Right. So let's look at this heat check. So today we had one point three million calls. That's a lot of calls. That's a lot of people being optimistic. That's a lot of people feeling, you know, hey, what's going on here? A lot of people feeling good about this. Now, here's what I want you to understand. The, remember, we talked about the market um, going through these runs periodically. But then we also talked about how the market performs during midterm elections. Remember, episode 10, 11, we talked about how the market performs in midterm elections. We talked about October always being, hold on, first and foremost, Jose, we told him October was a bounce back month from September. Right? So Trap said that. Trap said, listen, we was in a drought in September. October is usually the bounce back month. We spent the whole 20 minutes on me breaking October. We broke seven Octobers down. Damn, seven Octobers. We broke, we broke seven Octobers down. And we saw that September is typically the worst month in the market. So here's what I want you, here's what Trap did. Okay, let's talk about what Trap did. Trap said, okay, since we know that September is typically the worst month in the market, first week of October, I put my first option plan for the year. First week of October, I put my first option play in for the year. Why? Because October is a bounce back month. The option play is up 157%. Second week of October, Trap put in another option play. Third week of October, Trap put in another option play. It's up right now 35%. Here's what we know. We understand that the market may not always look the same, but it will rhyme. Because we got to realize something. Watch this, y'all. The companies in the market operate one way, and the people with feelings behind the market operate in another way. 
And the one thing about people is what? People have patterns. <laughs> people have patterns. That reminds me of Peter Piper picked the pepper. Peter, how you go? Peter Piper picked the, Peter, never mind. People have patterns. <laughs> people have patterns. And so for me, it's understanding people patterns. So, man, we had 1.3 million calls in today. That means people was real bullish today. And we had 961,000 puts in today. So it gave us a rating of 0.73 on our put call ratio. It means we had more uh, calls than puts. Anytime that put to call ratio gets to one or more, that means we are heavily bearish. That means we are heavily bearish. So right now we are not bearish. People are optimists, man. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Jim Cramer says something. I ain't gonna lie. He says the bull market everywhere. Right now the bull market is in the energy sector. I truly believe, and I want y'all to think about something here. There's always gonna be a run somewhere. So for the last, watch this. In 2008, Apple, Netflix, and Amazon ran. At the, end of the, at the end of the 2008 crash, right, Apple, Amazon, Netflix ran. They ran from 2008 till 2021 and Facebook. Facebook started running in 2009, 2010. No, about 2011 they started running. So from 2008 to 2021, Preferably, they ran. Here's the thing, y'all. There has to be a changing of the guard. There has to be a changing of the guard. Now, am I saying that these companies aren't still great companies? No, I'm not. What I'm saying is, here's what we're going to learn. Let's pay attention. Watch this. I want you to really write. Everybody gets to put in a pad and write this down. If you write this down, write this down. This is a writer downer. Trap said this. Whatever leads us out of this bear market, whatever leads us out of this recession will bring us into the next bull market. And it is always that way. It is always that way. Whatever leads us out of the recession, whatever leads us out of the bull market, always takes us into the next run. It has never failed. It has never failed. It has never failed. Whatever, so think about this, from 2008 to 2022, Apple, so it's Apple, Amazon, Netflix, a company called Enphase, there's a few companies that really just took off. They did great numbers. They went crazy. Go check the stats. Those numbers, they took us out of that bear market. They, that's what led us out of that recession. Before that, it was Sears. It was, um, it was Sears. It was damn company name General Electric these were the companies that led us out of 2000 
whatever leads us, whatever leads us at the end of the recession usually takes us into the next great run. We have to pay attention to what's taking us out of this, what's carrying the market right now. So watch this. The energy sector is the second to the smallest sector in the market. Watch this, watch this. But right now it's making up 27% of all of the profits in the market right now. If you take away the profits from energy, the S&P wouldn't be down 20%, it would probably be down 30%. If you take away the profits from energy, energy is right now bringing us to where we got to go at. Now, you do what you want to do with that information. Let's go. <laughs> All right, man. So listen, man, let's look at the top 10 industries, man. Consumer discretionary is down. Um, consumer staples is down. Uh, energy up today. Healthcare up today. Industrials up today. Materials up today. Real estate is up today. Information technology is up today. Communication services is up today. And utilities are up today. So everything was up today except for consumer discretionary. Let's go, man. Shout out, man. We got a thousand people in the chat. Let's go, man. Shout out to everybody, man, that's in the chat. We got a thousand people in the chat, man. Let's go, man. Now, the reason why I'm going to talk about this today is great because Disney reported earnings today. Now, they missed. They missed on earnings. They missed on revenue. But check this out. First of all, let's do this for them. Where my flush at? Where my flush at? Jose, you remember my flush? We definitely gonna flush. One more time, flush him again. <laughs> we definitely gonna flush him. You feel me? So Disney missed earnings. They missed revenue today, big time. But check this out. Disney added 12 million subscribers. Now, that's across all platforms. So you're talking about they added 12 million subscribers from Hulu, ESPN, and Disney+. Plus. 12 million subscribers that took them up to 235 million subscribers. Now, here's the thing about Netflix, right? So Netflix was the leader. They had 235 million subscribers. They were the leader. I know Netflix feeling like this right now. Y'all had to gang up to beat me. <laughs> Netflix like y'all had to gang up to beat me. It was, it was me by myself. Gee, they had to gang up. They had to put, <laughs> you had to put everybody together. <laughs> y'all had to gang up to beat me. You can handle me one-on-one. So um, it's something to pay attention to. Now, here's the dope part about Disney. Disney is adding their about to price increase. Disney is about the price increase. You feel me? So we got to pay attention to that. Now, they missed earnings and they missed uh, $1.7 billion on the direct-to-consumer part of their business. $1.7 billion on the direct-to-consumer part of the business, that profit fell as well. So this was a really bad quarter 
for Disney. But this was the best, this has been the best month for Disney in two years. This has been the best month for Disney in two years since 2020, but it's been the worst quarter for Disney in a long time. So they did add 12 million subscribers with Hulu, ESPN, Disney Plus, making them now, um, you know, the number one, uh, have the number one subscribers out of all channels. Now, here's the thing. I'm not mad at Disney for what they're doing, because remember, last year they did have, I want to say, five big movies that came out. They beat the, they beat the box office up last year. You know what I'm saying? They beat the box office up last year. And so we we talking about Wakanda forever. We talking about some stuff coming on. So I definitely I'm definitely interested in seeing what's gonna happen in Q4. But I'm also interested in seeing what Netflix does. Uh, because we watch them surge. We watch them fight back. We watched them add another 2 million subscribers uh, this quarter. We watched them have a great quarter because of the ad business. And investors are really excited about Netflix adding the ad revenue portion to their business. So I'm definitely excited to see what Netflix is going to do moving forward. This is real interesting to watch. Let's go, y'all. How y'all feeling, man? Everybody feeling good? Good, 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 good. All right, so I got a question. I got a question. Are the big dogs still fighting? Now, here's why I ask this question. Yes, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Tesla, they are all down. But watch this. Bear markets don't typically bottom until the big dogs fail. Watch it, y'all. So a lot of people want to say, trap, where is the bottom? Now, no one can typically, like I said, one man predicted the bottom, he passed away. He predicted the bottom in 2009 on national TV. He said, this is the bottom. And then the next day, the market, fear time. <laughs> one go. That thing ran. From 2009, that thing ran. Uh, he did it on CNBC. But he's the only man that ever did that. So no one else can predict the market, right? That was a good shot. So I want you to think about this. Bear markets don't typically end until the biggest companies fail. Right now, the biggest companies haven't actually failed. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and Tesla charts do not suggest that the markets have bottomed. So let's look at something right quick. I want to show you something, right? When we look at, let's flip it. So let's go, I want you to see what they've done, right? So right now, Apple is down 23%. So right now, if your portfolio is taking a hit, it's because of these. It's because Apple is down 23%. It is because Microsoft is down 34%. It's because Amazon is down 46%, and it's because Meta is down 72%. Now, exclude Facebook. This company lost $800 billion in market cap. I think Mark got to fix some things, and he don't. I will say this. Um, because Mark has a great balance sheet on Facebook, it's going to be hard to put him out of business. But 
if he don't put some new people in there, if he don't put his some new people in there, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be hell for him, right? I advise everybody to stay away until we see some changes because it can get real ugly over there. I bought it at one twenty six, like maybe a couple years, three four years ago, and I'm like, God damn, bro, you know. What I'm saying? Um, but these companies, Microsoft, Amazon. Apple, they haven't bottomed out yet. Their charts haven't showed us a bottom for them. And because of that, we don't think that we've hit a bottom. Now, here's my caveat to that. Um, here's the companies from 2008. I want to show you these companies from 2008. Um, it was from 2008 crash. I want you to look at this, right? And here's an idea of what you can look at. So here's something I want you to do. I want you to look at, so right now I think the S&P is down. This is a great, this is a great, ooh, this is good right here. This is, I told you, let me get my rant off in the beginning. I'm going to teach y'all in the middle. <laughs> so check it out. So the S&P right now is down 20%, if I'm not mistaken. Right? The S&P is down 20%. So what I want you to do is take the S&P right now, the basis points that it's at right now, and I want you to take 17.6% from it. So that'll put you somewhere around 3,200, somewhere around that, right? Here's what I want you to do. I'm not saying that this is going to happen. This is what will have to happen for the S&P to reach 2008 status compared to where it's at right now. Does that make sense? So the S&P right now is, 20, is down 20%, maybe 19, 20%. It, it went down 37% in 2008. So if we take another 17%, give or take, from where it's at right now, because it's rallied a couple of days, it would give us that 37% that happened in 2008. Now, I'm not saying that the market is going to replicate that. I'm not saying that the market is going to replicate that at all. What I'm saying is, if you see that, then now you say, okay, if the market hit this, then now we would be, from where we are now, this would be 2008-ish levels, right? This would be 2000, this comparison, this would be 2008-ish levels. Now, watch this. I'm saying all that to say this. Walmart was first in revenue, right? Exxon was second in revenue. General Electric was sixth in revenue. Citigroup was eighth in revenue. AT&T was ninth in revenue. Microsoft was 49th in revenue. But these were the top six companies in 2008. When they fell, that's how we knew we hit a bottom. You feel me? Listen to me again. These were the top six companies in 2008. When the S&P crashed 37% and they had one day where the market fell 20%. Right? So I want y'all to hear that out. Let's, like, look, 
you know, look at that. And you can always go fact check me because I do my homework before I give it to you. Always go fact check me. Right. But these were the top six companies during 2008. The only one was Microsoft. It was 49th in revenue. Everybody else was in the top 10 in revenue. When they fell, the market just collapsed. Right. The market just collapsed. So a, a good thing that you can go do is go. I always tell people, man, in order to look at the history, the future, go look at what happened in the past. Go look at what happened in 2000. Go look at what happened in 2008. Go look at the dot-com bubble. Go look at the recession of 2008, 2009. See what happened. See what happened with the biggest companies. Right. See what was the attitude? What was the performance during the biggest companies? And now say, okay, let me look at what's going on now. What happened with the biggest companies? Because think about it. Like these our biggest companies are still actually performing pretty good. The earnings are being adjusted, but they still performing. So so now my technical analysis, people, y'all know where I'm at when I say this. Right. If you pay attention to what the big dogs. So now go take the big six. What are the big six? Revenue-wise and cash-wise, what are they doing right now? What are the charts telling us right now? <clears throat> and then we can see how close are we to a bottom. Now, what I'm doing right now is just painting the picture for you. I'm not saying exactly this is going to happen. So don't go say trap said the market's going to go to the S&P going to go to 37 percent. It ain't go to 37 percent. Trap you a scam. You're lying. Don't go do that. <laughs> we just talked about having compassion. <laughs> We're just talking about coming to me with love. <laughs> I love y'all so goddamn much, man. Let's go, man. How y'all feeling tonight, man? This is an amazing night, right? So uh, one of the things I want to talk about, too, is is cash king? This is always a topic, right? So, you know, sometimes you'll hear me say cash is trash. Right, because of how much debt the market has. Right, look, so I said, you lying. <laughs> I love you too, Shannon. <laughs> Sharon White. <laughs> right? So here's what I want you to do. Um, so check this out. I want you to think about something. So right now, right, uh, let's, let's paint a picture. Right, let's paint a picture. Interest rates make things attractive or not attractive. But rate hikes make money more attractive. Because as the Fed tightens, the dollar gains strength. This is a lesson. It's a learning lesson. Rolling recessions coming, people move to the sideline and wait. This is why you see so much action in the market. With a 60 par 40 portfolio to unperform, 60, 60 stocks, 40 cash. 60 stock, 40 cash. Thank you for the super chat, queen. So here's what happens. Interest rates matter intensely when you're looking to make major moves in the market. When rates are high, people prefer buying. When the cash rate or the amount of money that you can make for having your money in a bank account skyrockets severely, 
people tend to go to bonds or sitting in money in their accounts because it is a safer play than making money in the market. So I want you to understand that people in the stock market look for safe bets. Right? So what I mean by that is people don't typically like to go to bonds. Right? But when the market is going crazy, people will go to bonds as a safe haven. But we're in a, we're in a peculiar place right now because bond rates are high. In 2001, a cash account gave you 6.6% return on your money sitting in the bank. In 2001, 6.6% for just sitting in the bank. So what most people did was, during the dot-com bubble, they got out of the market and put their money in the bank because it was a safe place. People love to be in a market, but when the market gets like, when the turbulence and the turmoil gets crazy, people do this, let me take my money out. This caused the market to do what? Fall. So when the market falls, where are people putting their money at? Bank account, bonds. So right now what people are doing is people are putting their money in bonds right now to lock some bond rates in. Bond rates are high right now, four point some percent. You ain't going to find that nowhere. So for a person who is an investor, you say, you know what? I will sit my money in here to get this four percent because I'm fearful of what's going on in the market. So I'm asking this question. Is cash king right now because a bond is similar to cash. God, we teaching right now, bro. Jose like, ooh, this is a <laughs> Jose over there like this. Jose like the black doozy house right now. <laughs> Let's go, man. Next one. So I just, I'm, I'm not saying it. So now let's look out. So I always like to paint a picture and tell you a story. Right? So here I want to look at. I want to look at U.S. housing years. I want to look at U.S. loans. Right? I want you at USD, so I want to look at other assets. We want to look at equities. We're going to look at bonds. We're going to look at credit. And we're going to look at the USD. You feel me? And so what we're seeing is people are actually getting a great return for having cash right now because of where rates are. Just want to put that out there, you heard me? Just a little something, you <laughs> Let's go, man. How y'all feeling tonight, man? I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. So this is something that is impacting. This is very impactful right here. This is very impactful right here. So delinquencies are up. Delinquencies are up. Delinquencies are up. Auto loans is saying that there's a, on 60-day loans, they're up in the third quarter. Now watch this. Q3 2021, same time last year, it was at 1.20%. Now it's at 1.65%. Now remember this. Episode 10 we talked about what? Housing delinquencies. We talked about people being laid on rent. We talked about people with credit cards. Now we're talking about car delinquencies. Here's the thing. People like, so, so, so all my people, I remember I talked about me and my dog, Tim. <laughs> I talked about me and my dog, Tim, from the auction. So here's the thing. Companies like Mannheim. 
companies like, I think it's AII or IAA, something like that, where you go to the auction for your cars, they are literally sitting on cars right now. Can't get off them. Carvana, in the dirt right now. CarMax, can't get off a car right now. They can't get off of them. They can't get off of them. People, like, yo, this is not it. Somebody literally just asked me the other day. I think a friend of mine, she was like, yo, you think I should buy a car? I was like, if you need it, buy it. But if you don't need it, don't buy it. I personally don't think it's the time to be making. I think you should be taking your money, trying to find a way to invest it right now. That's just what I think, because I'm an investor. That's what I like to do. So I think every, every nickel that you can put together, I think you should be thinking about, I right, when I'm invested. That's what I think. I think. I think that we are in a time where people should have financial frameworks. Dave, you got that slide for financial frameworks? You didn't get it? Financial frameworks is something we should have. And so what a financial framework is, I'm going to bring it up next week. Financial frameworks, based, I, I created this. So I like to create things. I like to create ideas, and I like to give people visuals so they can see it. So a financial framework is based off five things. The cost of something, because the first thing we associate something with is the cost. It's the first thing we do. How much is it going to cost me? The first thing we do is, so you can write this down. So I want you to do something. I want you to write this down. If you're rocking with me right now, write this down. Give you five seconds. Get a piece of pen and get a piece of paper. I want you to write this. That's a live show, y'all. This is not a pre-recorded show. I'm always live. I always give y'all game. Sometimes I just want to teach a little more, right? So financial frameworks, I want you to write this down for me, right? Financial framework. Man, get the likes up, man. Get the likes up. Y'all should be liking this like crazy. We going crazy tonight, right? Financial frameworks. One, cost. It's the first thing we look at. How much something costs. It's the first thing, right? It's the first thing we do. How much is something going to cost me? The second thing is the emotion. What is the emotion after you look at the cost? What is that emotion? That emotion tells you yes or no, right? So it's the cost, boom. Then the emotion that follows the cost, right? Because this, this is a framework, right? First the cost, then the emotion. The next thing we look at is what is the alternative? There we go. There we go, Dave. Stop playing. Stop playing, Dave. Stop playing. My team, we on it. Right? Throw that on the screen so they can see that, man. Stop playing. Right? Snapshot this. When he put it up there. So the first thing is um, the emotion. The second thing is the cost. The third thing is what is the alternative? Right? This is a framework I'm giving y'all right here, right? These are a financial framework. This helps you become a better investor, and it helps you really put your money together the right way. So what is the cost of something is the first thing you look at. The next thing is the emotion you put into it after you associate with the cost. The third thing is the alternative because you ask yourself, bam, what is the alternative? Like, what is the other thing I can get? If I don't get this, what's the other thing I can get? You always do that. These are the three, these are the first three emotions. These are the first three psychological things that go through you. What does it cost? What is the emotion? Boom, what is the alternative? 
The next thing you go through is this. What is the risk? What is the risk of me buying this? So the risk you associate it with, if it's an investment, it's the risk. If it's a purchase, is what did I do? Like, what is, what is, how many hours did I have to work to do this? Right? So what is the risk of me making this purchase? The next thing that goes through is the reward. What am I getting from it? And the last thing that goes through you is the regret. And that's why you come up with YOLO. That's why you come up with snapshot. It's all good. Take a picture of it. Matter of fact, share it. I want you to share it. So the regret. So these are, I came up with, this is mine. I created this. You ain't going to find this in no book. You ain't going to find this on Instagram nowhere. I create free content to give to y'all. I'm telling you, when it comes to owning the tools, nobody going to give you more gain than me for free. It's free because I love y'all. And if I'm telling y'all we're going to negotiate the contract, I'm going to start personally by being better every single day. If I'm telling y'all I want to be a leader of the culture, if I'm saying I want to be a voice of the culture, I got to be smart, but I got to have integrity, I got to be fearless, and I got to up the ante with everything I do. So each and every Tuesday is going to damn to be like a master class. So let's go through the framework again just so you can get it. Right? And these are things that help us become better, y'all. These are things that help us become not just better investors, but help us become better with money in general, making financial decisions. You know what I'm saying? Helping us make the financial decisions. Y'all get the likes up for me, y'all. Help me. Go send this out to somebody. Send this out. We need to get 1,500 people in here. So let's talk about it again. Let's go through it one more time. We talk about the cost first. How much does it cost us? The first thing we look at. Even if we don't want to, it's the first thing we look at. You look at it, man, how much does this cost? Right? Next thing we look at is the emotion. Once we, once we put the cost, we put the emotion to it. Boom, bam, how do I feel? How did this make me feel when I look at that cost? That right up, those two off the gate going to make you say yes or no. The next thing you think about is what are the alternative? If I don't do this, what can I get? You know what you do. If I don't buy this, I can buy that. And then the next thing is the risk. What is, this, what is the risk in me buying this? Right? What did I give up to buy this? What did I have to do to get the money to bid this? And what happens, right? The next thing is the reward. What, are you, what is the feeling? Most of the time the reward is the, is the gratification that you get from buying it. How are people going to see you? They're going to take on Instagram. You know, how I'm going to look at this car. What is the reward for buying that house? What is the reward for, you know, making this investment? What is the return or what is the reward? You can have reward and return as the same thing. What is the return on the purchase? And the next thing is the regret. Now, regret can be the emotion, but the thing is we always feel the emotion, the regret or the joy, still is emotion after we make the purchase. Whatever it is, stock, investment, whatever. There's always something, a feeling come after. Ding. Once you done swipe your card, the receipt come, you put it in your bag, you walk, you thinking something right there. You thinking, damn, I shouldn't have bought that. It's too late. I'm going to wear it and put it up. Y'all right? Go chill, stay. 
Get off that chair. Get off. Get off. Get, get off it. Get off it. Get off it. Sit down. Go sit down. Go. 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 My daughter, y'all, chill. <laughs> Jose, cut that out the audio. <laughs> Listen, man, I be daddying, y'all. Y'all tripping. I be daddying, y'all. Where your iPad at? Go get it. All right. And then the next thing from that regret is what do you feel from that? All right, so let's go, man. Let's get back to the next. Let's get back to y'all. Take a snapshot of that. Y'all move forward, man. All right, next thing, man. So as we look at growth, I want us to look at something, man. Right? So Verizon is in the telecommunications space. This is down. Communications. These are the laggers right now. Communications. Right? Communications. Next, technology. Adobe down. Ford. So communication, these are the three biggest laggers right now. Communications, technology, and consumer. These are down right now. Consumer discretionary to be exact. Right? Now let's go to what's winning. This is in November. Here we go in November. Now, we're looking for cyclical value. This is what's leading us. Energy. ExxonMobil up 85% year-to-date. CF up 48% year-to-date. Lockheed Martin up 37% year-to-date. So what we just looked at was we looked at where the laggers were and where the value was year-to-date. So from January, year-to-date means from January to that date. You feel what I'm saying? So I just want us to look at, and if we look at that, we can then look and see, okay, again, let's talk about something we said early in the show. We talked about something early in the show. What is going to take us, carry us through the recession? What's going to carry us through? Got to pay attention to it. Let's go, man. Hey, man, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good, man. All right, so we cannot not talk about elections, y'all. We cannot talk about that. So one of the things I looked at and I saw was prior to the election, the market probably gave us a 0.3% up. But watch this, y'all. The 12 months after the election, the market gave us around 16% on average. This is since 1962. So I like to go do, I like to go back. Again, I, I like to see what history tells me about the market. Right? I don't try to just come up and just, hey, this is what's going on. I got this brilliant idea. I don't like to do that. I like to come in and say, hey, let me see what's going on. What has, what has periodically, systematically happened time and time again. So since 1962, the 12 months before midterm elections, the market is barely up, 0.3%. So barely. But the 12 months prior, specifically the November, December, right after the market, the market usually gives us about 16%. So let's just keep our eye on that and let's see if this actually coincides. Let's see. Let's go, man. 
You know what I'm saying? We in it. So, truest bank. So, one of the things I often like to pay attention to, too, is looking at where the sectors are in the market. So, Truist Bank came out with its sector ratings. It said energy, industrials, healthcare, and consumer staples are overweight. I'll explain that later. It says utilities, financials, consumer discretionary, and materials are neutral. It says tech, real estate, and communication services are underway. Now, I want to pause right there for a second. If we think right back to a screen I just showed you, it was tech and consumer services inside of the laggers. It was energy, industrials, healthcare inside of the overweight. So we seeing a rhythm. We seeing a rhyme right here. We seeing a flow. We seeing a flow. All right, let's go a little further because I want to break this down because I want you to understand what overweight, underweight, neutral means, right? So overweight means that a stock or a specific sector is overperforming. I mean, it's doing really well. So it's overweight. When a stock or sector is neutral, when it gets a neutral rating, that means that the stock isn't negative, it isn't positive, it's trading or moving within a tight range. And then when it's underweight, it means that a stock or sector is losing value or it's poorly performing. Now watch this. And it is expected to perform that way in the near future. That's a clip, Jose. Overweight, neutral, and underweight. So now every bank will put out their ratings. Yo, boom, boom, boom. So Truist put their ratings out. Overweight, neutral. So now it's something we can pay attention to. Let's now start paying attention to what these banks and what these um, investment banks are you, what are they looking at for their weightings? God, we cooking, man. Let's go, man. Man, like and subscribe, man. Let's go, man. Get the likes up for me, man. We definitely trapping, man. We should have about 1,500 to 2,000 people. We need to have 2,000 people in here moving forward. Next week, we need to have 2,000 people in here, y'all. Like, real talk. Every week, we come and give me y'all game. The number's growing. I love y'all. I love Y'all got to start telling people to come through. Y'all got to tell people to come home, man. Y'all see, y'all can't hold the information to yourself. Tell the people to come home. Tell them to come rock with us, you hear me? Let's go. Let's build it out, man. All right, man. So let's look at the best performance stocks in the S&P 500. Just year to date. So year to date, again, means from January to now. Right now. So we got CF up 43%. We got Marathon up 46%. Exxon Mobil up 49%. We got uh, CTRA up 57%. Um, we got Hess. I like Hess. It is a sleeper. It is positioned to be one of the biggest. It is up 62%. Enphase is actually huge. Huge. And Oxy, man, warm. I think that, I'm going to be real with y'all, yo. I've been looking at Oxy for a while, and I just don't understand why Warren Buffett got this company like this. But I truly believe that this company just outperformed like this just because Warren Buffett owned it, bro. I kid you not. 
I kid you not. I truly believe that Oxy Petroleum is performing like this because Warren Buffett own it. He own a lot of it, bro. And I believe people just buying it because he got it. Because I looked at the fundamentals on this company, bro. I'm, I'm talking about I studied this company. I'm like, all right, let me see what he see. Again, this is why he's one of the greatest in the world. <laughs> Not me. But I don't see it. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it, bro. But what we cannot deny is up 109%. So he saw something. <laughs> he saw something, and he to go for a reason, bro. But I, I just don't see it, bro. I have studied this company. Like I'm, like yo, what is it? I'm, but all I keep seeing every time I look at the 13F is Warren Buffett just bought some more oxy petroleum. <laughs> I'm like, why? And then before I know it, the goddamn thing is up again. Oh, well, let's go, man. <laughs> it's what it is, right? So, but also in that, I want to look at the biggest companies with great dividend payout ratio. So the payout ratio is what a company is paying you out of profit. This is important because a lot of you always look for dividend companies. And so one of the things I want you to look for when you're looking at a dividend company is the payout ratio. Right, you want to look at and see if the payout ratio, I don't like to be greedy, so I don't like my payout ratios to be over 60%. Right? And so what happens is if it's not that high, but I definitely don't like them to be super low. Like Apple, Apple pisses me off because they got all that goddamn money and then they got that little bitty dividend. Apple, stop playing. You know what I'm saying? Stop playing. Like increase the goddamn dividend. Up the payout ratio, you man. <laughs> they be tripping. So Microsoft has a 25% ratio. FedEx has a 20, 33% ratio. Chevron has a 36% ratio. Home Depot has a 43% ratio. I actually own Home Depot. Starbucks has a 54% ratio. Johnson & Johnson, I would never own that company because they purposely gave people cancer. I don't care what nobody say. Has 61% payout ratio. McDonald's, with their real estate and burger selling ass, has a 66% payout ratio. And Coca-Cola has a 78% payout ratio. Now, check this out. Let me say this. When it comes to McDonald's and Coca-Cola, let me say two things. McDonald's is an interesting company. And people always say McDonald's isn't a burger place. It's a real estate company. That's a lie. McDonald's is a burger company. Real estate is the side business. Real estate is the side business. They're the number one burger franchise in the world. Their marketing is impeccable. And if you go look at when McDonald's tried to be, consider themselves a real estate company, go look at how they failed in 2010. I'm, I'm lying, 2018. They tried to consider themselves a real estate company. That was an epic fail, and they went back to what worked. Now, what makes the real estate component of McDonald's work is this. They charge 22% over market value for their real estate. That's what make it work. They charge 22% over market value rent for their real estate. That's what make it work. That's what make, <laughs> that's what make it work. But the thing about McDonald's is they strategically put their real estate, their companies in certain places. 
And what I like about McDonald's, when I'm talking about what I like about it, shout out to my girl, G Ashley, man. McDonald's, man. She is a young, she's from New Orleans, man. If y'all know it, tell her I shouted her out. That's my girl, man. She's from New Orleans. She owns a McDonald's, man, on the West Bank, man. Tell her trap said, keep going, queen. Like, salute to her for that, man. Um, but what McDonald's does is um, they strategically put their franchises in certain places. But what happens is they make their menu easy to go through. The way they, like, I was looking at a study, like, the way they position their products from the naming of the product. Like, check this out. People thought it was crazy. I remember when I talked about them bringing about the adult Happy Meals. Bro, them things sold out. The adult Happy Meals went crazy. Why? Because our overgrown adult asses saw those things and thought about the old McDonald's commercials. You know, we thought about the old... We thought about the old McDonald's commercial, the old McDonald's toys when we was young, the hamburger, the purple dude, you did. We thought about that. We went and bought the goddamn Happy Meal, and now we got the toys sitting up. And I'm pissed off I couldn't go get one. Now they on uh, Amazon for $3,000. God damn it. I always want to oversell some shit. <laughs> but McDonald's was smart. They're brilliant at, one of the things McDonald's is brilliant at is marketing. McDonald's are great at putting great commercials together. McDonald's are great at, McDonald's to me is almost like Disney, right? They create this value brand. We know that that food ain't good. Now, I don't eat it. I haven't ate it in years. I'm going to just keep it real with you. But people know that shit ain't good. People know that food is not good. But guess what? I ain't never seen a McDonald's drive through empty. I don't care where I was at. I don't care what state I was in. Bro, I was just in Paris. That line was packed at McDonald's. Now, next, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is a brilliant business, and I don't have a problem with Coca-Cola having a high payout ratio simply because of this. It is a business that you will not see a lot. Let me shout out to McDonald's, man. Shout out to McDonald's, man. Shout out to McDonald's. And so, it's okay, baby. You can clap. <laughs> right? So, what I love about Coca-Cola is this, man. So, Coca-Cola breaks their business down into two ways. They break their business down to the finished product business, and they break their business down to a concentrate business. So, the concentrate business only sells the syrup. Sipping on some scissor. Sip, 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 sip. Sipping on some scissor. So they only sell the syrup. The other part of the business is the finished product business. The finished product part of their business sells the bottle. Sells the bottle. So all of the companies that they have under the McDonald's brand, I mean the Coca-Cola brand, the bottling part of that, they sell. So they sell you the finished product. So they don't just sell you the concentrate. They sell you the concentrate inside of the bottle, topped off, and they truck it to you. You feel me? So it's kind of like you coming to me. I can either send it, give it to you in a powder form, or I can cook it up for you. I can break it down. I can put it in the bag. I can weigh it up to you and give it to you like that. But that's going to cost you more. Right? And so that's what they do. And so I love the fact that they break their business on into two segments. 
Um, but what I also love about Coca-Cola is the fact that I don't mind them having a 70, I don't mind them having such a high payout ratio simply because it's a business that will not, it's not a growing business. Like, you, they're not about to invent a product that's going to change the world. They tried it with Coke Zero. People were like, all right, bet. They tried it. I never understood. I've always watched people drink Diet Coke, but they got the fattest meal in front of them. What the Diet Coke going to do, fam? You eating a Big Mac. Why did you just order Diet Coke? You got a Big Mac and some fries and an apple pie. What did you order the Diet Coke for? That don't make no sense. Make, me, make that make sense. The Coke ain't coking. <laughs> so... Um, but I love that about I love that about Coca-Cola because one of the things is they they managed to make their beverage brand the number one beverage brand in all restaurants. So more more restaurants have the Coca-Cola brand than anything. But also when you go inside of a store, Coca-Cola has the market share and the shelf space. So Coca-Cola has the most shelf space when it comes to selling beverages. All of their beverages are in the store. Coca-Cola has about 47% of shelf space in any store you go to. So that's real dope, man. That's real dope, man. Shout out to Coca-Cola, man. Shout out to Coca-Cola, man. Ah! Jose, I'm about to take a drink right quick. All right, let's go. Next segment, man. Let's go. All right. So let's talk about this, man. Now, of course we understand bulls versus bear markets. But what I want you all to understand is what drives each market, right? So in a bull market, low interest rates, why? Why? Because money is cheap. So low interest rate, consumer and investors have confidence. So right now, investors don't have confidence. Sporadically, they do, but not the long while. Quantitative easing, right? That means the, the government putting money in there. Strong GDP, meaning people are importing and exporting all around the world. Money is moving. Remember, America is a what? Consumer-based economy. So for it to be a consumer-based economy, you know what? People need to be spending money. Low unemployment, world peace. So when people not at war, when you don't have these economic catastrophes going around, you don't have war going on. These are the things that drive bear markets, bull markets, I'm sorry. Right? In a bear market, high interest rates, we're looking at it right now, inflation, credit bubbles, asset bubbles, weak economy, high leveraged institutions. These are the things that drive a bear market. So why am I telling you these two things? So now when you're trying to figure out if we're in a bull market or in a bear market, don't look at what the stock market doing. Snapshot this, make a checklist, and see if, in, if these things are going on. If these things are still going on, you know we're still in a bear market. If these things are going on, you know we've transitioned into a bull market. God damn, we teaching tonight. See, man, like me, man, I love the game. You hear me? <laughs> Shout out to Jose for that. I say, Jose, I need that.
right, man, let's go, man. So uh, here's, a, here's a prediction that I have. Um, it's, not, it's not what I'm saying is a... what I want to say. It's not a actual factual. It's just me looking at what's going on. And when I look at what's going on, I'm saying in 2023, maybe around June-ish, this is my call. If we're going to be in a bull market, I see us being around 4,400 if we transition, but I don't think. So I'm always going to give you a case for three. If we're in the bear market, I think we, I think 3,275 is around that range. If we stay in a tight range between now, I think we'll stay between 39.50. I think we'll be somewhere up in there. Dave, I think we also have one for Foxconn. We have two slides that I want to see that next before we go to that uh, learn lingo. So I think here's my bull case scenario. Here's my bear case scenario. Here's my base case scenario. I still think that 3,200 is my price. Um, for the S&P 500. So when I tell you all these price targets, this is me saying when you look at the S&P 500, when you look at those basis points on the side, this is what I think will happen. So I think if we get into some type of bull market, right, I think um, I think if we 4,400 is what we'll, if we tap 4,400, yo, I think we about to run. If that makes sense. If I think if we tap 4,400, looking at what things said, if we tap 4,400, we're going to run. We're going to run. We tap 4,400. Count up. Count up. We tap 4,400. Count up. You feel me? Base case scenario means if the market is just going up and down, it's trading this tight range, I think we'll go in between... I think 3,900, 3,950 people we had. 3,200 is what I'm seeing, though, y'all. I'm not even going to lie. I think, you know, that's my thing. We got down to 30. We got down to 3,485. I, I was like, ooh, we getting close. But I knew what October was, so I wasn't too so. But I think 3,275 would be is my bear market case, y'all. So y'all screenshot that. Y'all can hold me to it. I'm okay with that. Let's go, man. How y'all feeling tonight, man? All right, so here's something I want to talk about too, man. Um, and I thought it was important. So this company called Foxconn, is, this was a truly important one. So I saw this, like, oh, green light went off in my head. Um, so the company is called Foxconn, right? So the company plans to invest $170 million in the EV truck maker, Lostrum Motors, ticker symbol R-I-D-E. Now, the company actually was up to there about 7 to 8%, right? Giving the company some new capital to ramp up production. Now, here's the thing. With people seeing, because Tesla had to, I think we have a slide for that too, Tesla had to call, recall about 40,000 cars. Yeah, yeah. Tesla had to recall about 40,000 cars. So the thing about Foxconn is this, and this is what people don't know. I tell you, I just do research. So when, this, is why, this is why I made a green light to me in my head not to invest in the company ride, but just looking at how companies move. What people don't know is that Foxconn is a, the largest producer of manufacturing electronics in the world. They are the largest producer 
of manufacturing electronics in the world. Look what they make. They make BlackBerry, iPad, iPhone, iPod, PlayStation, and Xbox. <laughs> They're a private company. They make, they make BlackBerry, iPod, iPad, iPhone, PlayStation, Xbox. They make those. <laughs> so we over here arguing about who better, PlayStation or Xbox, and they're like, yo, we make them all. <laughs> they are the largest. So that, that definitely just, uh, when I saw that, they invested the $170 million in the company because the company, um, Lawstrom Motors, they were actually just running through a lot of money. And so this company came and said, yo, we give you $170 million for, they bought it in stock and they issued some what's called preferred shares, meaning it's lockdown shares. They issued them common stock and preferred shares for the $170 million. So basically, they just gave them equity in the company to allow them to produce, you know, mass produce. Now, why does this make sense, Trap? Well, because right now, Tesla is going through something. And... Me saying that because they're going through right now, Elon is in a situation. And again, Elon is a brilliant man, man. Elon is a brilliant man. But him buying Twitter, I think, I, I told somebody today, I think Tesla may, I think Tesla may go around 177 to 180. I think, I think we'll see 177, 180 with Tesla. The reason why I say that is because right now Tesla is going through something. Elon may have to sell some more Tesla shares to do some of the things that he wants to do. So because he may have to cash out on some shares, that may cause um, uncertainty with investors. And it's not because it's not a company. It's not because he's brilliant. Because sometimes Elon is an impulse buyer. Warren Buffett always said, he said, a fat wallet is the greatest enemy of an investor. And Elon has a fat wallet. He's the richest man in the world right now. What happened when you're the richest man in the world? You buy stuff for prices that you ain't supposed to buy that. There's no way he was supposed to buy Twitter at $54 a share. Here's why. The company went IPO in 2011. It IPO'd at $45. In 2022, the company ain't do a stock split or buy none of that, and it was only at $47. So between 2011 and 2022, the stock only made $2, went up $2. It went down to $38. It fluctuated. So there's no way in the world he was supposed to buy for $154. Right, so he spent a couple extra billion dollars that he ain't had to spend, right? Because he won't do it. But you ask yourself this question: free speech. He want to be able to say what he want to say, and I want I want y'all to pay attention to this. I want y'all to pay attention to this, y'all. The richest people in the world own platforms. The richest people in the world own platforms. Do what you want to do with that. He took Twitter, he made it private. He done already fired about, I want to say, 300 people. Because here's what I want you to understand. The, and I want everybody to understand this when, you look, when you're investing in the stock market and you're looking at businesses. The, the interest rates that we are seeing right now happen 
we won't feel those interest rates until Q1 next year. We're not going to feel them until Q1 next year. Because of that, because of that, everything will cost more. Now watch this. Watch this. Businesses will have to try to keep profits up. In order to do that, they'll have to lay people off. There's, there's a few ways that you can increase profits. You increase the pricing, you cut back, or you fire people. Increase profits, cut back, or you fire people. Well, with the Fed hiking up rates the way they are, The only thing for companies to do right now is to fire people to save their bottom line. You got to cut the overhead. And I want people to realize it ain't business. It ain't personal. It's business. So this is why it's important for you right now to learn how to play this game. The reason why it's important for you to learn how to play this game is so you don't feel like your job is the only source or your business is the only source of income that you have. There's a different way you walk through life when you know that you, are, you have some type of financial stability outside of your job. And, and I just want you to understand business so you can prepare yourself. There's a reason why people are cutting back now on jobs. So they're looking ahead and saying, yo, this is what we see 2023. And if this is what we see in 2023, the best thing for us to do right now is cut early. So we already could be ready. So we can already be light. Because we don't, we don't know how deep that's going to get. All right, man. So this next segment we have brought to you is called Learning the Lingo. Y'all know everything about me is about making the game simple, making the game understanding, man. So this segment is definitely brought to you by Travis Anonymous, man. Trappers Anonymous is an amazing community um, where the goal is to help you become a better investor, is to help you have confidence in your investment decisions, but also to help you create legacy, man. We do something every single day, starting with Moat Mondays, starting with Ticker Symbol Tuesdays, uh, Wild Out Wednesdays, ETF Thursdays, um, Drip Fridays, Say Something and Study the Great Saturday, and Know and Behold... Live from the kitchen on Sunday, which is a two-hour, three-hour class to do each and every Sunday. So this week's Learn the Lingo is Limit Order. So it is direction given to a broker 
to buy or sell a security or commodity at a specific price or better. So basically what it is, when you got a limit order, you say, yo, this is the order I want to buy something at, or this is the order I want to sell something at. You put that limit order in and automatically, whether you're not watching it, whether you're doing whatever you want to do, you could be Netflix and chill, you're watching football, you could be on Trapping Tuesdays, you could be inside a group, you could be doing whatever you want to do. Once the stock hits that price, whether you told it to buy or sell, it's going to activate. Limit orders are amazing for people who are busy, who are trading. Limit orders are a lifesaver. Let's go to commercial, y'all. What's good, what's good, what's good? It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper, and I want to tell you about this beautiful community I created, Trappers Anonymous. It's full of like-minded people who are dedicated to changing the dynamics of their family, turning their last name into an asset, and taking good seeds and putting in good soil. So listen, man, if you want to build wealth, Dedicated to the journey, come join the family of Trappers Anonymous. Big Trap, Wall Street looks like us now. 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 What's good, what's good, what's good? Just a little one-two, man. Wall Street looks like us now. Let's go, man. I love that, man. Y'all know that came to me one morning at 3 o'clock in the morning. I was in my sleep. It's the last time I chewed some gummies. I said, I'm not chewing them gummies no more, man. <laughs> All right, man, so... This segment is the Certified Trapper of the Week, man. Um, you know, I started this off because I wanted to highlight just great investors. But then I said, you know what, man? There's so many of us doing so many amazing things in this world that truly don't get highlighted. And why should I wait till um, February to highlight us? I got a platform. I got a show. Every day I'm going to highlight us. So, man, <laughs> so, man, this week's Certified Trapper of the Week is none other than billionaire David Stewart. So, David Stewart is an American billionaire businessman. He is one of 13 black billionaires worldwide. One of 13, man. Salute to that king, man. He is ranked number 239th on the Forbes 400 list of American billionaires. He was a sales rep at Missouri's Pacific Railroad, and then he became a senior executive accountant at Federal Express, but then he just got his own mind, and the light bulb just switched. He owned a transportation business that led up to him founding Worldwide Tech. Worldwide Tech spun off into a telecommunications business by the form of Telco Buy. In 2003, combined revenues together, they surpassed $1 billion. And then, in 2018, he combined for $11 billion in revenue. David on record to say, the hardest thing to do is take the first step toward overcoming your fears and self-doubt. Damn, that's good. Especially when you're surrounded by doubting Thomases who consider reinforce those fears based on their own personal beliefs. 
That's huge, man. He said the biggest step, the hardest step for you to overcome fears and self-doubt, it's, it's hard to overcome those things, especially when you're surrounded around people who are self-doubting, who are around people who have fears. Because what do people do? They put their fears on you. But that is the reason why you should be in Travis Anonymous. Why? Because one of the things we love about Travis Anonymous is we speak life into everybody in that group. Everybody in that community believes and knows that they're going to be a millionaire. Everybody believes in that, everybody in that group believes in that community who knows they're going to change the dynamics of their family. Everybody in Travis Anonymous believes and they know that they are going to change the dynamic of their family and turn their last name to an asset. The reason why it's so hard for a lot of people to build wealth is because you are the only person in your circle who wants to invest. You're the only person in your circle that wants to change the dynamic. Everybody around you saying they want to be a millionaire, but you ask them what's the first step to being a millionaire, they say, I'm a grind. That ain't, that ain't it. What are we going to do? What is the strategic plan? What is the strategic blueprint that you're going to use to become a millionaire? And you got to be around people who believe that. And if you're not around people who believe that, I'm going to tell you something, it's going to be real hard. So shout out to David Stewart. We appreciate you, King. Salute to you, King, because we got a lot of more of us on the way. You definitely paved the way. Salute to that King. <laughs> All right, man, so this episode segment is breaking down a brick. What I love about breaking down a brick is each and every week what I like to do is I like to look at a company and say, hey, check this out. Look at this company, y'all. Here's this company. Here's the other companies that's owned inside of this company. All right? And a lot of times, these companies really be owning things that we don't know that they own. We don't be knowing, right? Because a lot of people are new to the game. A lot of people really just don't know. You pass them up each and every day. So today, we're going to look at a company by the name of, roll that beautiful drum, Comcast. Now, check this out. Comcast is the biggest cable TV and broadband providing in the United States. Xfinity became the largest gigabyte internet provider in the United States in more than 58 million homes. The media company not only owns Xfinity, but it also owns the right, it won the rights to the Olympics up until 2032. That's major. Right? So not only are they the largest cable and broadband provider in the world, I mean in America, they also own Xfinity, which is the largest internet provider in the U.S. in 58 million homes. Right? The media technology company won the rights to the Olympics up until 2032. They also own Peacock, Infinity, Flex, USA, NBC Sports, uh, Bravo, DreamWorks, Universal, NBC, E, Golf Channel, CNBC, and the list goes on. Now, the company is truly taking a hit, um, and, it, and it's taking a hit for a minute, um, but definitely wanted you all to see this company and all the things that it owns. Shout out to Comcast. Let's go, y'all. Now, this is 100%. If you know, you know this is my favorite segment of the show. It is called The Wealth Track. The Wealth Track is so important to me, especially now because we find lyrics in rap music, we find lyrics in songs 
um, that it's not murder music. So many artists have given us game inside of their lyrics, and we just miss them. And so I try to make it my duty to go find these lyrics. You can DM me if you find a song that you like that has some quote in it about wealth or something, you can DM me and I will use it if you do. I like to let y'all be a part of it. And if you find it and I use it, I will shout you out 100%. So, but so far, it's just been me. <laughs> I mean, I've been digging. Yo, check this out. Let's be real, Jose. We 14 weeks in, bro. I ain't missed a beat, bro. You feel me? I ain't missed a beat. So, uh, let's go, man. So LL Cool J this week, man. LL Cool J this week said uh, he is the, the MC of this week's The Wealth Track. He said something like this, and this was real cool. He said, own the Dow Jones and stack the NASDAQ. Conference calls with the broker. What's the yield on that? And that's it. He gave us two bars. Boom, boom. Got us up out of there. <laughs> but I love it. Here's why. LL say, I own the Dow Jones and stack the NASDAQ. So for me, that means this. I own something in the Dow, and then I double down on what I own in the NASDAQ. I ain't really understanding like talking about it. I need to know what my return was, so I got on the phone with the broker. I said, yo, what's the yield on that? Now, the dope part about that is the yield mean what's the return on that? What's the yield on it? Shout out to LL for giving us that, man. And what I want us to understand is, man, when we listen to this music, and this is what I mean by, this is what I truly mean about, man, you don't got to give us murder music. Let me roll into my next segment, which is Wise Word from the OG. I'm going to double back down on this, y'all. We understand more than murder and kill. It's kind of like the slave master saying the only thing you understand is a whooping or a lashing. There's more to us than that, y'all. But we got to demand that. We got to demand it from everybody who say they represent the culture. And if we don't, we cannot expect change. I come to you today and say that I 100% will be the change that I am talking about I want to see. I come to you today saying that Wall Street Trapper, every day I am working on not only just being a better man, not only just being a better father, not only being a better son, not only being a better friend, not only being a better cousin, but man, being a better leader. How do you become a better mother? How do you become a better father? A lot of times, for instance, my daughter didn't have school today, but guess what I did today? I said, you know what? I got up. I fixed up breakfast. I got my hair cut. I watched CNBC, but while I watched CNBC, I didn't just give her an iPad. I laid out three books. I said, let's start with this book. We're going to work in that. Let's start with this book. We're going to work in that. Let's start with this book. And as she worked, I watched CNBC. 
As she worked, I watched him. I was right there with her every step of the way. And I say, listen, Stein, let's eat lunch. Then let's go to the park. While we was in the park, I was talking to her. You beautiful. You know I love you. I want you to know you're free to talk to me about your emotions. I want you to know you're free to express yourself to me. I didn't let YouTube teach my daughter today. I didn't let YouTube entertain my daughter while I get prepared for trapping Tuesday. What I did was I watched CNBC while I taught my child. If we let the electronics raise our children, we don't know what they're going to have exposure to seeing. Now, here's the thing, y'all. I know it ain't easy. I'm learning every day that parenting is not easy. I'm learning every day that being a father is not easy. I'm learning every day that running a business where I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other men who I'm working with is not easy. I got to balance emotions. I got to balance expectations. I got to deal with problems that everybody having in my crew. I got to deal with that. Why? Because they look to me for leadership. I ask them to play their role and to play their role well, but I got to lead. I can't expect them to give me what I'm not willing to give them. It's reciprocal. So what I'm asking you is to demand something different from the people, but you also be what you demand. If we tired of seeing black men get killed, let's stop accepting black men culture that represents and say it's cool to kill black men. If we stop, if we tired of, we want black women to be respected more, let's stop accepting the culture that doesn't respect black women. Let's stop expecting or respecting the women who disrespect the women inside of the music. Let's start being the change for what we expect, y'all. Let's stop making it be okay to settle. I come to you today because I'm tired, y'all. And I know damn well y'all tired too. When I saw Offset pass away, I was like, damn, bro. Immediately, I thought in my mind, damn, bro, them brothers was at odds. And it probably ain't nothing too serious, but we'll never see the Migos again. Them dudes will never get to make that up again. We think about the brother P&B Rock passed away. Everybody was quick to say his girlfriend this, his girlfriend that. Bro, that wasn't even the case, but nobody ain't never tell her they sorry like they was banned, like they was on her. I didn't see all the backlash, all the backlash from all of the major artists, Nicki Minaj, everybody. Why they wasn't publicly saying, I apologize to you, queen. Take off. I'm sorry. Take off. Right. Why nobody ain't say I apologize, queen? Why no when, when PNB rock like why nobody ain't go and tell that lady I apologize because they dragged her through the mud. 
They dragged her. We had no sympathy for what she was going through. And even if she did do it, she didn't do it to get the man killed. She did it because she was enjoying some time with her people. We don't have no sympathy for each other. We don't have no sympathy. We don't have no grace for each other. We don't have no compassion for each other. We don't have no empathy for each other. But what pisses me off is we don't have that same energy to our oppressor. We forgive them time and time again. Your boss can tell you some bullshit all day. All you're going to do is mumble under your breath. You're going to text somebody in a group chat and tell them how much you hate the job and how much you want to walk away. Police brutality is wrong, but yet and still, we're going to pull our phones out. We don't have no compassion. Man get killed in cold blood. We don't got no respect. We pull out the phones and record the man getting killed and put it all over the internet for everybody to see. At what point do we respect our life? But we don't have no respect for each other. And if we don't have it for each other right now, how can I tell my daughter to have it? How can I tell my daughter to not let a man mistreat her if all she see me do is talk bad about women? I can't do that. So I got to talk, empower her. How can I tell her not to let a man mistreat her if I don't show her how a man's supposed to treat her? If I don't tell her I love her 10, 15 times a day, if I don't hug her 10, 15 times a day, I'm like, yo, baby, let's get your passport so we can start traveling together. If I don't take her off on picnics, if I, think, if I, if I make her think it's cool for me to put work before her, then she going to grow up saying it's okay for the man to put work before me. I'm just talking about respecting ourselves more. Yes, we want to chase the bag. Yes, we want to get the money, but are we operating with integrity? Is the money more important than everything else we're doing in life? Is the money more important than the friendship? Is the money more important than the brotherhood, than the sisterhood? Is the money more important than that? One of the things I do, man, every time I see a black man, I greet him with, what's good, King? Because immediately I want to disengage the hate. What's good, King? How you feeling? What's good, Queen? How you feeling? And a lot of times, you know what they do? They be shocked. They be like, what's good, yo? And it's cool. But what happens is I'm leading with respect. I'm dissing because I know how hard it is for another black man to see another black man and look him in the eyes for two seconds. And the minute they're going to come out the one eye, I'm out is, what's good, fam? You good? You good? If I look at you for too long in your eyes, you good? It shouldn't be that way, y'all. There's a lot of money being made off us killing ourselves. There's a lot of money being made from us being incarcerated. There's a lot of money being made from the imagery 
that portrays us in a certain way on TV. It's the reason why you can see more negative images of black men on TV than you'll see in anything else. What happened to shows like Living Single? What happened to shows like A Different World? I know we mad at him, but what happened to what Bill Cosby and the Cosby Show represented? What happened to Family Matters? What happened to the Jeffersons? What happened to those type of shows? They did so much amazing for us as far as representation. We might don't make a lot of it, and we might don't think it, but representation is so key for us. Whether you like it or not, seeing Barack Obama as the president, whether you like it or not, no matter what's the other stuff behind it, seeing a black man, no matter if you're saying he was mixed or whatever, seeing somebody that looked similar to you made you say something real cool to your kids when they said they won't be president one day. Now, that go an image of me, I can believe it. It's not impossible. It may be slim to none, but it ain't impossible. Imagery is so important. Representation matters. If all we see is gangsters, if all we see is bad bees, if all we see, then that's all we're going to aim to be. And I'm going to tell you something. After you reach about 35, they don't care about programming you no more because they always going to go after the young ones. It's always easier to impress the younger ones because if I can program you for 10 to 12 years, I got you in it. Got to think about that, y'all. If I can program you for 10 to 12 years consistently, if I can make you listen to the same rap music, yo, I don't want my, I, listen, I ride in my car now. When I got my daughter, we listening to 70s music. She asked me, Daddy, can we play? What's the song you want to hear? Who? Mr. Big Stuff. It's the Big Stuff. Tell me, tell me. Who do you think you are? Cool song. Cool song. Changing the music we listen to. We in a car. We listening to T.D. Jakes in the car. I don't want to listen to murder music or BB music in a car. I want my energy to be happy, yo. Life is good. We in an amazing time. We building wealth. We changing the dynamics of our family. We got to be that. And I want you to be real with yourself when you say, you tired of seeing black men get killed? You tired of seeing black women go through what they're going through? When you say you tired of that, I want you to ask yourself this question. Do you still support it after you say you tired? I will come to you and say, there was a time in my life where I was a product of that. 
There was a time in my life where I heavily supported that. It's because I was still programmed. I had to unplug myself from the matrix, and I will never go back. I will not support it. And I'm just one person. Until all of us not support it, until murder music drop and they get a thousand sales, that's it. Until we stop showing up for it, until we stop the artists from giving it to us, until we stop the people who own the record companies from producing it for it, till when they start seeing they can't make no money off of it, that's when we change the game, y'all. You can't go get my young king out the hood, give him a million dollar check, and make him talk about killing somebody. If you're going to get him out the hood, go get him out the hood, give him a million dollar check, and let him tell me, let him change his vocabulary. Let him change the dynamic. Let him change the lyrics that he's teaching me. And to the OGs that's in the game, man, you should be telling the young kings, why, how they messing up on their contracts? What they doing wrong? We got to unanchor ourselves from that BS, man. And so, I'm going to ask you again. When you tell yourself you're tired of seeing black men get killed, when you tell yourself, I'm tired of seeing black women represented in a certain way, when you tell yourself you're tired of it, I want you to ask yourself, do you still support it after you say you're tired? Because if you do, you're not really tired. 